So I came home after a night shift, and my aunt, who I was staying with at the time, uh, this was back when I was in college. Um, usually, I used to come home after the night shift around uh, maybe you know eight, eight thirty, depending on whether or not I had class that day. Because um, I used to work both full time and uh, go to class full time, so when uh, I came home, uh, my aunt uh, was just having coffee and basically like, you know, are you okay? He's like, you know, come on, can we have breakfast and everything? So I sat down, and this was usually our morning routine. Like, you know, she'd be up, and basically I'd come home, and like, you know, we'd sit down and have coffee and have cornflakes and stuff. Just you know, um, ask us how was the shift and everything. But that particular morning, she was a little bit um, obviously unsettled about something. So I was like, uh, is everything okay? And um, she was like, I wanted to talk to you about something. And she wasn't upset, but she seemed a little bit unsettled. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? Did I do something? It's like, no, 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 no. It's just like, you know, I got a very weird call earlier this morning. It's like a call from what? Uh, From this gentleman. Um, We'll call him Tony. Um, and he said, uh, you know, it's not the first time calling. I didn't mention anything, but, uh, you know, I thought you was going to come, you were going to come to me and tell me something, but, uh, I just thought, you know, it'd be important for you and I to talk. I'm like, okay. Um, I'm still not following you. It's like, yeah, this gentleman said like, you know, uh, I've been trying to reach you, but when he calls, I said, you're not here, but he didn't go any further. But, you know, he just came to me and said like, you know, well, ma'am, you're just, you're obviously lying because every time we call, you always say that he's not there. Are you covering for him and everything? And to the, and I swear that even up to this point in the story, I'm like, I have no idea what she was talking about. And, um, he was like, you know, I was like, you know, if he doesn't call back, we know that we're going to basically report him, um, to the authorities because, you know, when he, if he owes money, if he couldn't pay for school, he just shouldn't have basically, um, registered for it. And I'm like, okay. And did he leave a name? I guess, like, uh, here's his name. Here's a phone number. And, uh, this is from which company he was calling. So then, all the cards um, started falling in line, and I basically started to understand what was going on. So here's the backstory. Thing is, I was going to college full time, and I was working full time. And um, having been registered as an international student here in Canada, um, there's a huge difference in the numbers between you know being an actual you know. Quebec resident and actually being registered as an international student, having been, you know, uh, registered from Haiti, you know, since at the time I was not actually registered as a Quebec resident. So I was basically paying international fees, which were skyrocketingly high. So it would seem uh, through no fault of my own because, you know, I was trying to make ends meet and trying to pay school as fast or as ably as I possibly could, um, that the school had referred uh, my financial file to a collection agency. So, and the gentleman who was responsible for my file, uh, again, we'll call him Tony, um, basically had taken it upon himself to um, repeatedly and at some very ungodly hours call at my aunt's house because that's that was my main contact. I did not have a cell phone at the time. So he was calling at really weird times, but unbeknownst to Tony, I was in school full time and I was going to work 
at right after school. So as soon as I ended school around like, you know, my last class was around like, you know, eight, eight thirty PM and I just had enough time to actually grab a bite, get changed and actually go to the night shift from like, you know, from ten all the way to eight. So sometimes I do double shifts. So again, I wasn't often home. So when I got home and my aunt basically told me that, I'm like, okay. Um, first of all, uh, my aunt and I have always had a very intimate and very transparent relationship. So I had nothing to hide or I, didn't, I certainly felt ashamed, um, certainly felt a little bit um, offended that uh, um, the gentleman had uh, held a very... Um, let's just say less uh, than agreeable conversation and words with her uh, regarding this. So I definitely apologized and explained to her that, uh, first of all, I don't want you to worry. Um, This uh, is through no fault of my own. I'm just, you know, um, really behind on some school payments. Uh, But it was my understanding with the school that I could pay off these amounts and everything. But no one at the school mentioned that my file had been referred to a collection agency. Um, but I'll definitely do what needs to be done. And, uh, if you trust me and I'll definitely handle this, but I'll definitely make sure that, you know, you're not being disturbed at 7am, uh, regarding my affairs. Um, the last thing I want is to, you know, to embarrass you. So this is a conversation I had with her. And the second that was done, um, I definitely left and I grabbed a payphone because I did not have a cell phone at the time. I grabbed a payphone. I called the phone number and, um, I, um, first of all, uh, no, I didn't grab, I didn't grab a payphone. I went to actually, I grabbed, I went to a phone booth. I grabbed a phone book and I looked up the company. This was way before the age of Google. Um, and I looked up the company. It's a legit company. And I looked up their head office. I looked up the head office phone number and I found the administrative number and through just, you know, going through, then, then I grabbed the phone and I called the reception and I asked to speak to accounts payable and I asked to speak to the manager of accounts payable. I did not ask to speak to Tony, but I did ask to speak to the manager of accounts payable. So basically working my way up, up, up the telephone chain, because having worked into call centers for as long as I have, I had a few tricks up my sleeve to know how to actually get directly to a manager. So when I got the manager on the horn, uh, very nice. Her name was Daphne. And um, I spoke to Daphne and I'm like, uh, hi, Daphne. Uh, my name's Oliver. Uh, you don't know me. Um, I'm basically calling because I'm a student at so-and-so university. Here's the situation. La-di-da, la-di-da, la-di-da. And it just so happens that I'm not sure if you're if you're familiar with so-and-so. His name is Tony. Um, and uh, apparently he's responsible for my file. Here's my phone number. I'm not sure if you can look at my account, which he did. I'm like, okay. So this is one thing we have at the amount and everything. And she was super nice. She was super nice. And I totally explained the situation. Like Tony has been calling my house. Unfortunately, I don't have a phone number. If I have not been able to be reached because I work nights. Um, so, uh, my reason for calling today is just because I wanted to basically make it clear that I have no intention of defaulting on my payments. And if we could someone find a way to actually, you know, just have an arrangement between you and I, I'll definitely, you know, try to, and she was like, how much can you pay? How much can you pay? And what would be a comfortable amount for you? All we want to make sure is that, you know, you're comfortable with the amounts being owed and that the university knows that, you know, your account is in good standing and we're totally fine. There's no reason for you to be harassed, you or your family, and we can definitely make an arrangement. I'm more than happy to be your direct contact. And I'm like, okay, if so, I don't have to deal with Tony. You don't have to deal with Tony.
So we definitely understand your situation and you know, we, how can we make it happen? So it was a good lesson for me to know that first of all, through all these circumstances, because $20,000 in debt is not something you can just laugh at. Um, at that point, that's what I was up for, um, for classes and stuff. Um, it's never fun. It's a lot of zeros and it's a lot of ramen noodles and it's a lot of, um, tight belting, let's call it as such, but it's a lot of responsibility as well. When you make it your objective to actually handle a situation and solve a problem rather than, you know, just keep digging and having to deal with stress, anxiety, and doubt. And you understand that, you know, at the end of the line, you have a decision. You also have power in your hand to actually look for alternatives and look for solutions. Debt is not a dirty word. Debt is not something you should be ashamed of, but you definitely have a responsibility to take action and not just sit on your ass and just wondering how the hell do I get out of this? Um, I'm sharing this story because I definitely want you guys to understand that, um, circumstances will happen where, you know, uh, you will come across difficulties and you will come across circumstances where you feel that, you know, you're totally powerless, but understand that at the other end of circumstance, whether it's a bank, whether it's a credit card company, whether it's a creditor, um, take your finances seriously, but also understand that it's not just a big corporation at the other end, at the other end of a phone, not just a website at the other end of a phone is a person just like you who is more than willing to listen and more than willing to help. Maybe not every time, maybe not your first contact, maybe not your second contact, but there's always someone who can actually come to your aid and can actually, you know, be willing to assist in your situation. Because in my experience, with financial institutions, nobody wants to see you fail because you are a source of revenue, believe it or not. So it is in their best interest to, you know, not just keep you solvable, but also keep you happy. And it's not just in their best intent to actually, you know, drown you. So it sounds uh, a little bit cliche at this point, but it took me about uh, three years uh, to pay it off um, through thick and thin. And, um, on my last payment, um, I actually called Daphne and actually let her know that, hey, I'm going to go to bed right now, make a final deposit. And I just wanted to thank you for your kind assistance over these three years. And, you know, she was more than happy. And um, and I, not to be snarky, but I did ask, like, um, um, what's what, what's been the deal with Tony? Oh, you didn't hear? Tony doesn't work here anymore. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. So wherever he is and this is not in any way being snarky in any way i'm hoping that you know tony's like you know living uh dealing in uh, better ways with love and light and uh, not calling people at 7 a.m um so that's it guys uh sorry for this like you know nonsensical you know opening into you know memory lane um thank you again for listening and uh, we'll definitely see you at the next recording have a great evening Stay awesome.